You ready? I'm ready. Hey y'all, I'm Kyle. And I'm Brittany. Welcome to Chuddercast. We are learning to be more devoted disciples of Jesus, and we welcome you on the adventure. Yeah, let's go. Brittany here. (laughs) This is my first time in the podcast room alone. And yeah, I just want to start, as you probably can tell from the title of this episode, this is my testimony that I'm going to share with you guys today. And I just want to be super transparent and start by saying that this has been a process for me to even get to this point of recording this episode today. Um, I am super critical of my words, and it's something that God is working on with me. And there's definitely a positive side to that that I see of that I I see the power of words. And so therefore, I reflect on my words a lot. But um, yeah, just I, I feel like God is building my testimony in me as I process how to share it with you guys, if that makes sense. And so for anyone else out there who has maybe struggled with how do I share my testimony, whether that's you doubting the power or the effectiveness of your story, or if that's just how do I share it. I just want to say that I've been there. um, And I just pray that God will reveal to you as he is revealing to me um, that this story that I'm going to share with you guys, like what what God has done in my life so far, that um, it is about him. And this isn't this time that I'm about to share with you. It's not about me telling you guys every detail of my life because I can't do that and I won't do that. (laughs) Although I love details and that's where the challenge comes in for me. But it's about hopefully the goal is about sharing the points where I saw Jesus in my life and magnifying him in my story. And so, yeah, I, I have a newfound appreciation for my testimony going through this process. And I just, yeah, Kyle and I are all about being transparent and I felt like it would be weird for me to just jump in telling you guys about myself without telling you how truly challenging this has been for me. Um, So yeah, I'm going to pray before I share and hop into telling you a little bit more about me uh, before you listen to me go through core. (laughs) Okay, Jesus, it's you and me in this room. And this is this is all about you. I thank you for being in my life and just constantly shaping me, constantly challenging me. I thank you that you've humbled me so much in just thinking through how to share my testimony. And I thank you that that you're in this, God. And I just pray that as I go through this, Father, that most of all between me and you, I would just have this anointing and this unity with you as I share my story and that it truly would. God, you know that my criticalness has just come from a place of I just I want them to to hear you and see you. That's my desire. And so help me to do that now, Lord. I, I, I clearly can't do it in my own strength. I've recorded this other times before and it just felt it, it felt hollow. And so I just confess my need for you in this time. And I trust you. I trust you to fill in the gaps. I trust you to uh, give me the words. And I also just trust you in the hearts of everyone that hears this, that they will um, they will each hear and receive what you want them to hear and receive. And so, yeah, Lord, I, I just rely on you. I thank you for your love. I thank you for pursuing me. I thank you that you are dedicated to growing me up. And I, I praise you. Amen. Okay compose. (laughs) All right, here we go. I was born in Arkansas, but grew up in Wichita, Kansas. And I have two amazing parents who also love Jesus. And they grew us up going to church. We've actually been several denominations. um, And I've honestly had great experiences, no real negative experiences from growing up in the church, which I'm, I'm very grateful for. Um, we went to church almost every Sunday and just got to grow up hearing Bible stories and yeah, just having that foundation established by my parents. So I'm very grateful for that. 
and I am the oldest of four kids. We have quite an age gap in our family. There's 14 years between my youngest sister and I, eight years between my next sister and I, and then two years between my brother and I. And so you can imagine the family dynamic there is super fun and super loud, super rowdy. It's awesome. I love it. (laughs) I absolutely adore my siblings. I am super grateful that God put me in my family. Um, But yeah, one of the things that stands out to me the most just in general about my family is that I see I received uh, my passion for adventure and traveling and and just getting to to see other parts of the country other parts of the world like my parents really instilled that in me and in my story um from a young age my my parents were planning road trips for us to go out west and out east out south like like all directions living in in Kansas in literally the middle of America um road trips were pretty you had lots of directions, lots of options. <laughs> but yeah, like I, I'm super grateful for that. And just looking back, having that, it, it's crazy how much that that has impacted my my passion for adventure now, as I said. And so another thing that really stands out to me about how I was raised, um, I, and again, it, this is part of how God wired me. But I say again, I haven't said that to you guys yet. Sorry. I mean, as I record my testimony, I hear certain things that I repeat. And so I'm going to try to be conscious of those. But please forgive me if I ramble a little bit or repeat myself in times. Okay. So yeah, growing up also, it was super easy for me to believe. Like faith has not been challenging for me, which I'm super grateful for. And it doesn't mean I haven't had questions. I've definitely had questions and and what's cool is that God has, he hasn't always answered them right away, but he has been faithful to come back and bring things up. And I'm like, oh, wow, I prayed about that a long time ago and, and you're teaching me about it now. And so, um, but yeah, I, I, I'm grateful that I, I think that that foundation of just being in church and being around the word, I don't know. And also just it's part of how God created me. He gives us all different gifts. And so uh, I definitely am grateful that for that part of my story. Um it also makes me super gullible on the other end, <laughs> so I have to be careful. But um, yeah, what was hard, I would say, about growing up in like the the typical, I'll say, like, and I don't mean it in a in a negative way at all. Like, we we had a super um, that traditional upbringing in in that going to church every Sunday and all that. And so, what was hard about that was that knowing, like, knowing Jesus and and having hearing those stories from a very young age. And they were often told in, you know, story format. I, I look back and I I see that I took him for granted because he was always normal to me. And again, this isn't, that may sound, I don't mean that to sound bad. It's just something to be aware of. And it's it's been beautiful, actually, to see at this point in my journey, one of my prayers that I've been praying a lot lately is, is Lord, like, make the reality of Jesus known to me. Like, I, I know these stories, like they're in my head, but I want them to sink to my heart and the Bible, while it has been natural and normal for me, like it's not common. It's supernatural. It is it, th- these things really happen, and I have to stop when I'm reading the Bible now and be like, okay, picture this. This really happened, and it's supernatural. It's alive. The Word of God is still applicable today, um, and we need the Holy Spirit to help us apply it because times definitely look different. But yeah, it's just I, I share that because I'm <laughs> I have realized that as we've been going through core that yeah like that i i don't want to take the bible for granted and that's not to say anything about my parents like they they did their part they did the right thing it's it's a matter of god making it personal to me now like he has to do that they can't do that no one can do that for me i have to choose it so i'm in that process <laughs> of having the bible be real what jesus did be real and so talking about jesus i accepted Jesus into my heart when I was in middle school. And I didn't, I wasn't a huge fan growing up of going to youth groups. They were really hard for me. I I was really self-conscious and shy, but, and I don't remember how I got to go into this. um, It was in sixth grade. I was going to this camp for the weekend, this retreat. And I remember we, 
it was the Saturday night, so the last night of the of the retreat, and we had like a bonfire, and people were praying, and the, the, the leaders had guided us in, you know, what it means to ask Jesus to be your Savior, to accept Him into your heart, like what all those terminologies really mean, and... I was sitting there and I was watching, I was, I was kind of taking in my surroundings and watching other people accept Jesus into their heart. And I was like, Lord, I don't, I don't know if this is the right place. Like this just, just feels kind of weird. Like, so I, I knew how to pray to God. Like I, again, I, my parents had helped and guided me and the church had guided me through praying. And so I, I knew in that moment to pray and just be like, oh, I don't know, <laughs> this doesn't feel quite like the right time. And so we went back to our bunks and I crawled into my top bunk and I can remember it so vividly. And I, I called, I was in a top bunk and there was a window right beside me on my left. And I remember getting into bed, laying there and I was like, well, Jesus, like I do, like I, I want, I want the Holy Spirit. Like I want to accept you fully into my heart. I've believed in you all my life, but I, I, I know that I haven't said those words yet. And so, and I'm, I'm paraphrasing guys. I don't remember this exactly, <laughs> but um, I remember saying something to the effect of, I, I want you to fill me and I never want you to leave me. And in that moment, and I think, and I, oh, and I and I confessed my sins. I was like, Lord, I know I'm a sinner. I know I need you. Like they had, they'd given us like the basics of like what what you should say. But it really, guys, when I look back on that moment, it wasn't about what I said. Like it was truly about saying, I want you to fill me, and I never want you to leave me. Um, that heart is what I remember about that night. And so, at that moment, a breeze came in through the window it had been completely still but at that moment a breeze came in and I felt the wind fill fill me it literally it felt like it was coming out through every pore of my body and that's the night that I received the Holy Spirit and I remember just laying in bed and I was so excited I couldn't wait to go home and, and share it with my parents and um it was, it was a supernatural experience and to this day I get I don't call them goosebumps. I mean, I do get goosebumps too, but to this day, I can feel when the Holy Spirit is coming upon me to to encourage someone or, or whatever it is, whatever the circumstance, I get Holy Spirit bumps, I call them. <laughs> They're a whole nother level of bumps. Um, so yeah, that that's how I accepted Jesus. And uh, the next part of my story that I, I want to share with you guys is, is high school. Um, but to, before I get to high school, I do have to address middle school and it was rough. <laughs> Um, yeah, I, I had kind of a, a rough sixth grade year again, just with like, just being a girl and body changes that sucked. (laughs) That was hard hormones, all those things. Um, but then just that mixture of things with my, I I alluded to like myself, I had a lot of self-confidence issues, um, which a lot of identity issues, therefore being self-conscious. And so, um, I was super shy, um, and I was pushing myself to like, to not be shy, but then I didn't feel like myself because myself was shy and it was just a really confusing time. But what stands out to me about middle school is, I love this so much. My mom is amazing. So when I was in middle school, I would go to school and like I would just fight tears like most of the day. I just didn't want to be there. I was, like I said, super scared, super self-conscious. And my mom took it upon herself. We were allowed back then, I don't know if this is still allowed, but we were allowed to cover our textbooks. And so my mom one day covered all of my textbooks in these bright, bright lime green, <laughs> this lime green color. And she like wrote things on it. I, she might've put stickers. I just remember the color. It was so bright. And my mom um, showed me, she was like, these books, like just let this color, like let this brightness just bring you joy. Know that you're coming home at the end of the day. And she just she just said a lot of encouraging, positive things so that when I looked at those books, yes, it was bright and it did. Like, it's amazing what brightness and color can do to like your your psyche. But when I looked at the books, I saw my mom and how much she loved me and that she was going to be there at the end of the day. My best friend, my confidant, like truly, like she just, and, and that she just took that upon herself to do that, that she had the inside of, um, of knowing me and knowing that that would affect me. And so that was super, pow- super powerful for me. And then in eighth grade, it was looking into high school. And I remember um, going home <laughs> one day. And I don't know how she knew that student council elections were coming up. But my mom, she, she sat me down and she was like, you're not going to like this. But she's like, I'm going to ask you to do something. And you just need to trust me. 
And I was like, oh, gosh, what's next? <laughs> um, and things had improved from sixth to eighth grade. I should say that to you. Like I had a group of friends like I had grown, but I was still self-conscious. And so my mom said, I know that student council elections are coming up and I want you to run for class representative. And I'm sure my eyes got like at least like triple their size. <laughs> I was like, um, I don't know about that. And she's like, no, she's like, you need to do this. She's like, you I don't remember the exact words, but I remember her encouraging me. I've just said I have a lot to offer and that I need to put myself out there more and just, yeah, just trust her that that was the right thing to do. And I was like, you do know I have to give a speech. And she's like, yep, I'll help you. It'll be okay. <laughs> and so um, somewhat reluctantly, I ran for student council and um, I got class representative. It wasn't really a um, competition. I think that I was like, I filled the last lot that needed to be there. So it wasn't anything super impressive. Um, but yeah, I I look back at that and like that, did, again, that foresight of my mom, like of her making me, <laughs> making me step into that. I like that was the beginning of me becoming a leader. That was the beginning of me falling into my giftings, honestly, because then, so I was in student council in high school and my confidence just, it, it just skyrocketed. Not, I say skyrocketed. It was a process. <laughs> like freshman year was still a process. Um, getting used to being like on stage in front of my my peers was a process. Uh, but I, I, in student council, I saw my giftings for details and like just getting to plan class events, school events, and then growing throughout high school of then running for class president and then eventually like getting to be student body president. I, I just see that progression. And again, like it, that is the place in student council where I realized that I had a passion for details and organizing. And that's when I realized that I wanted to become a wedding and event planner. And that's what I do today. And just to think that if I, I don't know, like we can say this about a lot of areas in our life of, oh, whatever, if this wouldn't have. And I don't mean it in that way, but I truly don't know if I would be where I am today if my mom hadn't made me go into student council. <laughs> it was huge. And so, so, yeah, I got to, I grew in confidence. I, our, our class was amazing, guys. I just, I had such a, I had such a great high school experience. Like I would, I would call it the quote, all American, honestly, experience. We, we had such school spirit. My class was pretty small. It was like 127 people. Maybe that's exactly right. I don't know how I just remembered that. <laughs> but um, and overall, like I just don't feel like our class was super clicky. That we got along. Like again, the the events that we had in our school, um, really promoted just unity in the class. And of course, there were moments. But like I don't know. I just I just look back at it, and I I loved high school. It was so huge for me, and I'm so grateful. Um, and then also another big thing that happened in high school is I met my first mentor and his name is Randy. And I remember, so Randy was, um, was paralyzed. He's in a wheelchair. And I remember the first day that he came into our school, we were in the, it was freshman year. I was in the cafeteria. We were eating lunch and I see him come in and go to the office to check in. Back in those days, you could just come and have lunch with people. It was great. <laughs> I know that's not allowed anymore, really. But uh, yeah, so Randy came and like the moment that I saw him come in, I watched him. I go, watched him go to the office, and I was like, "Why is he here? What is he like? What is he doing?" And then he went up to one of the tables of students, and he just went up and started talking with them. He was so he was smiling, he was joyful, he was talking with them. And from that moment, I was like, "I have to know this guy." And the Holy Spirit has done that with me with a few of my friendships in my life of just giving me that feeling of, "You need to know them. Like your paths are meant to meant to cross, so to speak." And so. Anyways, I I don't remember if it was that day or if it was a day to follow, but I eventually went up to Randy at the cafeteria and introduced myself um, with a friend who already knew him. I wasn't that bold <laughs> that I would go up to strangers yet and and do that. But um, but yeah, I started going to Young Life a little bit. But what was really cool is that Randy, uh, sorry, so Young Life um, that was like a um how like a club so to speak, not associated with the school, um, but it was really big at that time in Wichita. And so Randy was the leader of that, and we went to that a couple of times, but then I don't know when it started exactly, but sometime in high school, Randy decided to start a, a Bible study just within our school. And so there was a group of us um, from my class that would meet at one of my friend's houses, and we would study the Bible together. And that was the first time 
that I had ever really studied the Bible. It was Philippians was the first book we went through. And I still have the the brochure, like, or the pamphlet, the booklet or whatever today. And I remember Randy, every week we would get together on Tuesdays and we would go through this Bible study. And it was amazing just learning learning from him how to study the Bible. And and from that day, like I, I after Philippians, like there was always a Bible study or something that I, I wanted to learn about in the Bible. So he definitely started that. But then when I went to college, um, what was so Randy at that point in time, like I don't know that I would have called him yet my mentor, um, but he was a huge part of of my week and super encouraging. Just really just yeah, always so much wisdom, so much wisdom. I, I could go on about Randy. I need to stop. <laughs> um, so when I went to college, <clears throat> I remember the first time that I came back from college, I was driving home. I went to Texas A&M University. Whoop for my Aggies out there. <laughs> um, <laughs> sorry, <laughs> cracking myself up. Okay, so um, I, on my drive back, I was like, I really could use some encouragement from Randy. I'm going through a lot, just adjusting to college. And I called him up, and I was I was asked him if we could meet at Panera. That was where we would often like get together with Randy outside of like Bible study stuff, just getting together. And so um, he was like, Absolutely. When when do you have available? And I gave him a couple dates, and he he chose one and. Guys, that happened for me every single time I went home. Randy made time for me. And I would say that's really when he began to be my mentor was the moment that he made that time and he would just, he would listen. He would walk with me and it was so impactful. And just, I remember as he walked through that with me for several, like, yeah, all of college um, and after college too. Um, But yeah, I... I remember just thinking like, Lord, I, I want to be a Randy to someone someday. I want to be, and, and he, he did, he gave me a lot of wisdom, but guys, it was more just that he made time for me and he listened to me and he definitely snuck in questions and nuggets and truth. Um, he always encouraged me in Philippians. I, I think that's cool that it started back in high school, but then like, I feel like almost every time he encouraged me with a verse from Philippians four or Philippians three. <laughs> so yeah, Randy was huge, huge part of my testimony. Um, and that brings me to college. <laughs> so Texas A&M University college was overall awesome. Um, but I also learned many, many lessons the hard way. And as I shared about my high school testimony, you know, I, I came out of high school feeling super confident. I had grown in learning how to follow Jesus. I had grown in learning how to be a leader. I was going into college knowing what I wanted to do, um, but I, I definitely had way too high an opi- high of an opinion of myself as far as like how strong I was. And I look back and um, I'm just amazed by some of the ways that God shielded me from from poor decisions. And He upheld things for me that I said were important that like I wasn't focused on during college, if that makes sense. Um, and the main thing was that I, I hit my face pretty hard with partying. Um. Yeah, I hit my face pretty hard. <laughs> we'll just leave it at that. Um, so hard that like I got to a point in my um, in my time at college. I think I was a sophomore. That sounds right. Yeah, I was a sophomore and um, had just gone through a really, really hard situation. And just I think the reality of where I really was with partying and how like I, I, I loved Jesus the whole time. It wasn't that I completely turned away and denied the Lord, but I definitely was not seeking him. I wasn't going to church. I wasn't in the word. I, I was maybe saying a prayer right before I went to bed, but I was just, I was so blind guys. I let the numbness of the decisions that I was making, I, I let them numb me. I didn't let them challenge me. I, I didn't think through my decisions. I was just like, oh, that wasn't a good one. Shove that under the rug. So there was just a lot, a lot that I had pressed down, um, a lot of numbness. I, I That word is just the right, the best word I can think of. And so um, I remember the moment that a situation had happened and it completely broke open my heart and I was standing in my mirror in front of in, in my in my apartment and um I just crumbled to the floor and I I bawled my eyes out and I it just was it was a moment of realizing like the pain of what I the pain I had really been causing myself up to that point and I remember just crying out to God and saying like Lord I'm so sorry I'm sorry that I've been blind I'm sorry that I 
I, I just I haven't stewarded my heart. I haven't protected my heart. I haven't I haven't been a good example of you. Like it just it, it all of it came out. And um, it was yeah, it was I'm, I'm grateful for that moment. I'm grateful that I came to that point and that I was able to acknowledge it. And that just as quickly as I poured out my heart, God turned things around for me. He he finally like like he brought me to that point and like I had to make the choice to see where I truly was but from that point he picked me up out of the pit as it talks about in Psalms he he picked me up out of the pit and like started to put people in my life that would be able to speak life and start to rebuild me um and I really struggled with looking back <laughs> and wanting to be who I was and and God was definitely like your story is amazing and yes like like those moments made you who you are but it's time to look forward. It's it's time to keep going forward. And so um a huge another huge person like in my story at that time um was her name is Darlene. And uh I actually so I, I skipped a little bit of time in there. There was um I, I started going to church, going to Bible study. I um moved in with one of my sorority sisters and it was awesome. Like we, we just had so much fun. So like God God had done little like baby steps. It wasn't like crumble and masterpiece is built <laughs> definitely not that <laughs> um but like my junior year <clears throat> i came in touch with darlene and uh she ran a wedding venue called and she still runs a wedding venue called the green branch and i i'd gotten to that point i mean it was my junior year and i was like okay i probably should start thinking about you know getting work experience um for my future and uh I went and interviewed with Darlene and it was just, again, one of those Holy Spirit moments like her and I connected and we did interview, but we also started just talking about Jesus and she offered me the job and it was, it was amazing. Um, Darlene, I I was a a facilities manager for the Green Branch. And so, which was cool. Like I, I knew I wanted to do event and wedding planning, but I never thought about the being on the side of protecting a facility and like making sure that people coming in were respecting it. And and that was cool because it got me a job later that I loved. But um, but yeah, so Darlene um, and I, we would, you know, get the wedding started and um, yeah, just do everything that the bride and groom wanted. And then once we would, once they would start dinner, we would be able to go and get our dinner and then we would come back and we would sit in her office and we would just, we would just talk. Like she would just ask me questions again. Like that, Yeah mentors are amazing. She would just ask me questions that would really provoke me to think through and figure out um, the answers, which was exactly what I needed. And she, he also used Darlene. I remember um, I was going into, so I'd, stu- oh, I'm trying to remember the timing. So I studied abroad in Italy, which was another amazing experience of just growing in independence and growing in um, yeah, in confidence and just loving another culture. But I, I got to study abroad in Italy. Was that after my, yeah, it would have to have been after my sophomore year. Wow, I was really young. <laughs> my parents really trusted me to just let me go. Um, thanks, mom and dad. Um, <clears throat> excuse me. But yeah, so my, after my junior year, I was coming to the end of my junior year and I was um, trying to figure out an internship. And I went and interviewed for an internship with the Alamo Dome in San Antonio. And I got the internship. And I'll go more into into that in a little bit. But um, Darlene was sitting, we were sitting in her office, and she had this devotional sitting on her coffee table. It was a Max Lucado devotional. And as we were talking about, I was like, man, Darlene, like, I don't know what I'm going to do. Like, as far as finding a church, I'm only there for the summer. So like a couple months, and like, how am I going to build a community? How am I going to like do all these things and like build this when it's taken me, you know, years to do that in College Station? And so Darlene, I remember she said, hey, pick up that book. I, I'm pretty sure that that pastor lives in San Antonio. And that was definitely, that was a seed just being planted. Like I looked at it, I was like, oh, Max Lucado. Okay, cool. And so as I am driving into San Antonio to start my, start my internship, move there, live there for the summer, knowing no one, I knew zero people. Um, I was driving in on 1604, which is a big loop that goes around the city. And I was like, okay, God, I'm going to pick my church. (laughs) I'm going to drive in. I'm just going to point to one and I'm going to go and try it. I just know that I need to this first Sunday that I'm here, I have to go just get started. That's important. And so I'm driving in and there are seriously at least 20 churches on this loop. 
And I was like, okay, God, new game plan. That's not going to (laughs) work. The point and shoot is not going to work for this. (laughs) So, um, so yeah, I went home, I went to my apartment, like got set, got settled in. And I remembered that first Sunday that, that moment with Darlene. And I was like, wait, Max Lucado. Like, so I, I hadn't even thought of it until that point again. I looked it up and I was like, God, if this church is within 15 miles of my apartment, I'm going. And the church was... 14 miles from my house. So I went to Oak Hills and sure enough, uh, it's exactly where God wanted me to be. And, and again, I look back at, I look back at that and my striving of, I, I really did at that point in time, I had this like, okay, I need to be proactive and I need to make this happen. And it wasn't at all that. Like God just, he placed like person after person, uh, seed after seed. And in a two month time span, he built this amazing community for me that made me want to go back there after I graduated. And so, so yeah, like I got to, I started my, my official, like, like I had some, like, like I worked for the Green Branch and I had worked for another wedding coordinator back in Wichita. Um, but I, I got my first real event experience at the Alamo Dome. And I, I feel like I use the adjective amazing a lot, but it, it was truly amazing. It, it, again, it built me, it was building my confidence. I just see all these steps. I, I'm hearing myself repeated as I tell you guys of, time after time, God building my confidence and showing me what he created me to do. And so I got to work on events like the NCAA Final Four. That was my first event that I was an intern for. And don't be too impressed because I didn't have much of a role. (laughs) My only role that day was to follow the event coordinators around and like learn from them, observe them, do what they needed me to do. And then at the end of the game, of the final game, I was supposed to hold back the media. And yeah, you can picture how funny that was. I had no idea what I was doing. I was like, so do I literally like pull them back? Like what do I do? It worked out, but I was really nervous. I was like, oh my gosh, someone's going to break through my line and I'm going to get in trouble. But that didn't happen. It was great. So, um, so yeah, I had an awesome internship, um, season and just, yeah, getting involved in the young adult program, which again was against my, my nature because I, I wasn't super into, youth groups growing up. And so I had to face that and just decide, okay, I'm going to go in. I'm going to get involved in the young adult ministry because I know it's good for me and I need friends. And this is what I'm going to do. And God took it from there. And we had an amazing, amazing group of young adults involved in that ministry. All of us were friends and hung out all the time. It was super cool. I love all those people to this day. They were so impactful on my life in ways that they will, they probably don't even fully know. And in ways that I can't go into detail right now because... I don't want to make this three hours long. <laughs> um, that's the hardest part, guys, of recording this testimony is like, I want to give honor to each and every person that has been a part of my story. And one, that's a lot of people. But two, um, I don't know, it's just hard. It, it's hard to like n- have my words be as deep as it like touches my heart. So, okay, moving on. Just feel better saying that out loud. So I went back for my last semester of college uh, I was really lucky going to the high school that I went to. We had a college attached to our building. And so I was able to get like 26 credit hours <laughs> going into college. And so it made college so much less overwhelming. I never had to take more than like I had one semester of a 15 credit hour semester. And so, yeah, super, super blessed in that. And I got to graduate in three and a half years, um, which was yeah super helpful. Just being able to have one less semester of of debt. Um so yeah, graduated college in December of 2008 and went back January 2009 to San Antonio and um, the Alamo Dome had offered me a job for coming out of college and it was an awesome job. It was it was hourly and so <clears throat> that because they didn't have any full-time positions open, so I didn't have any benefits, but I got to learn in that season. I, I worked for the Alamo Dome for about, oh goodness, about 10 or 11 months, I think. Um, and they really, really wanted to keep me on, um, to be full time, but just the way that the budgets work, they didn't have that. And so, um, where was I going with that? <laughs> so yeah, the Alamo Dome was amazing. I got to, I was an event coordinator there. And so I got to, after being an internship, I got to take on my own events and plan things like the circus, Disney on ice. Um, those are my two favorites, Monster Jam. <laughs> there were a few different like high school band events and, and I just remember like walking around that facility and just being able to be the person that could help people, like whether it was a patron or whether it was helping the the ops section communicate with the ticketing office. Like I, I, I saw my giftings come alive 
in that job. And I absolutely loved it. It was it wasn't like, oh, I have all this power. I mean, I did. I had a lot of leadership and responsibility, but it was it was that like I was capable and, and for God to show. And I remember just walking around in the Alamo Dome. I would go up to the top floor once the events were running and I would walk around and I would just pray and like just having that time. Um, it was so special. So um, Alamo Dome was awesome. It led me to my first full time job then like with benefits um, working for a nonprofit that I then worked for that nonprofit for six years, and it was really cool. One of they were they were actually a client of ours for another event coordinator at the Alamo Dome, and I remember he like this event coordinator knew that I was really needing to find a full time job that had benefits. I, I I didn't have any health issues, but I don't know in my mind that was just what I needed to do. That was what I was supposed to do, and so um, he came and told me, "Hey, they're they're looking for a development coordinator. This nonprofit is." And the manager is from Kansas, where you're from. Isn't that crazy? And so I went down and met Megan, and we totally hit it off. I went in and interviewed, and then like in a week, I had a full-time job from that position. So that was really cool. Um, Yeah. Oh, man. I just had like all these people from the Alamo Dome that were special to me that now I want to like talk about them, but I won't. Okay. So (laughs) So, yeah, so I, um, that was huge. It led me, the Alamo Dome led me to... um, the nonprofit world, and I'm still in nonprofit world. I work for another nonprofit now that helps veterans, and it's just been really cool to see again God. Like He chose that for me. I there were there was a season where I was like, God, the nonprofit world is so exhausting. Like I I've tried just being fully transparent. I've tried to get out of that world several times in my life, and God keeps bringing me back to it. <laughs> and so I'm like, Lord, what is, what else are you doing here? Because um, yeah, you keep bringing me back to nonprofits, and I don't know the full answer yet, but I'm. I'm super grateful now. And the fact that I acknowledge that and it's not just like, oh, this is a lot and this is exhausting. But I, I truly see um, that that's where God wants me. So it's cool to see that. But um, the other major thing that happened right out of college. So going to Oak Hills, uh, they have an amazing short term missions program and missions team. And I knew from being there in the summer, I didn't I, I couldn't do it over my internship because time was so valuable um, and I needed to be always working pretty much to gain all that experience. But um, I uh, I remembered that they had a short-term missions team. And I was like, whenever I come back, I am going to do a short-term missions trip with them. And so sure enough, January, I moved to San Antonio. I This is 2009. I start working for the Alamo Dome. And they have a potluck at the end of January every year. I don't know if it's still then, but that's that's when it was back then. And I went to that potluck and I grabbed the sheet that had the list of all the dates and all the countries that they were going to for that year. And so I grabbed it and I went to my boss the next Monday and I said, okay. He, he knew I already had a heart for the nations and really wanted to go on a mission trip. I'd never been on one. And he, I, I took him that list and I said, okay, where, like, what dates will work? Like, when can I go? And he crossed off a few of the, of the places and then he handed me back the list and I looked at it, and the fr- the one that just like jumped out on the page to me was Nicaragua. And it was in July. And I said, like right there on the spot, I was like, okay, I'm going to Nicaragua. And I put it in the calendar and, yeah, got the time off range right then and there. And I looked forward to it for six months. <laughs> so, uh, so, yeah, I... It was amazing. Like just even in preparing for Nicaragua, I went through. So I I knew I wanted to go, but I really hadn't put a lot of thought into like what going would mean for me, what I would even do, because I'm I'm not a nurse. I'm not a teacher. I'm an event planner. (laughs) Um, And I was like, how? Like they didn't need an event planner. (laughs) Their their planning team is amazing. Barb and James Massey run that program. And yeah, they are the heartbeat of that program. They're amazing. Um. There it is again. Amazing. I'm going to count. I'm going to really listen to this and count how many times I said amazing. <laughs> so, so yeah. So I, we start going to like these pre-mission trip meetings and it's really cool because I remember sitting in the very first one, the informational and three other girls come in and we, we all sit kind of in the same area. I like position myself next to one of the girls who looked like she was around my age. Her name is Adelita. Her name is beautiful. And then um, two other girls, both named Jen, go and sit kind of like, I can't remember if they were in the row ahead of us or right behind us. We're all kind of in the area. And we we like do basic getting to know each other stuff. But I remember, again, feeling in that moment, like I'm meant to be friends with these girls. 
and I didn't know the depth. It was very simple, very basic. But I, I acknowledge that similar feeling that I had had in the past. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be pursuing these friendships. <laughs> and so sure enough, we um, have all those informational meetings leading up to it. And then we go to Nicaragua and um, Jabal was born. They are three of my my best friends to this day. And it all started in Nicaragua. But what was really powerful about Nicaragua, um, I, I know that there's different opinions from people on the power of short-term mission trips. And I don't know, and I've heard some people even say that like that short-term mission trips can be somewhat selfish. Um, and, and maybe sometimes it starts out that way. But what I what I experienced um, going on short-term mission trips, and my Jen, my friend Jen helped me like recognize this earlier today, was that I, I didn't just go one time. Like I like I went and God like captivated my heart through a short-term mission trip experience, and I went back six times to see these people, um, you know, miles miles and miles away, and that that was God that did that. He he bridged language gaps. He um, he bridged like schedules and all this stuff just so that we like two people from two completely different worlds could feel loved by each other through Jesus. And so my my experience with short term mission trips, um, I, 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 I highly recommend them, like going into them with the right heart and just being open to what God wants to do for not just for you, but for the other people. Like I, I have nothing but positive things to say. And I plan on doing more of them. Um, but yeah, so I went to Nicaragua and I going there, I was I was praying a lot about or what am I what am I gonna offer? Um, and I wasn't meaning it in like a oh, I have nothing to offer, but I genuinely was like, Okay, God, like I you put this on my heart, it was so strong, but what am I going to offer people? And I knew that I didn't want to be the person standing up sharing the stories. I knew that you know, I could put band-aids on, but that was about it for medical. Um, and it wasn't a medical focused trip. It was a outreach focused trip. But we went to Nicaragua and we were riding on the bus, going to the orphanage that we were staying at for the first time. And I was like, Lord, if I can just have one child that I impact, like, like and I, I knew going there, there would be a lot of kids, but like, I don't know, God put on my heart, like, I want to connect with one child, like really connect with them and show them love. And I want to impact them. And uh, yeah, I, I just remember praying that prayer. And then as we walked through the orphanage, they were giving us a tour and they led us to a room where they, um, they, they kept all the special needs kids together just for the sake of the, of the mamas that were carrying, you know, that, that makes sense that it would be easier to care for multiple of them at once. And so we walk in this room and I remember seeing Emmanuel sitting at, there, there was a window with a window seat and he was sitting there and he was, um, he was playing with something like he had something in his hand. He was staring at it. And I, I just looked at him and again, Holy Spirit bumps fill me. And I'm like, that's him. That's the boy. Like, this is this is why I'm here is Emmanuel. And so I go up and I sit with him and I, I just like I'm just watching him, watching him observe the world and like really observe. Like, I can't remember what the object was, but he had this object in his hand and he was just staring at it, staring at it. But then there was a moment where he stopped staring at it and he looked up at me and he smiled and that was it. <laughs> I, was, I was a goner. <laughs> and so, uh, so yeah, Emmanuel came to the orphanage. I won't go into his story um, right now, but he came to the orphanage through some really, really hard and, and honestly some really tragic circumstances. He was, he was left to die because he was a special needs child. He was born... Um, with fetal alcoholism and there were a few other things that they they hadn't fully diagnosed and he was also autistic and so um he he was left to die but he was his brother saved him i guess i am telling a brief version of his story so his brother saved him and, and brought him to this orphanage and um and yeah like even well when i when he came to the orphanage like he could he he only laid like he couldn't even sit up and so when i came to the orphanage he was sitting up, but he he couldn't really walk on his own at that point. Um, but he could sit and like he could scoot around and, and that kind of stuff. And I think he was about nine when I went there just to paint a picture of like of Emmanuel. But he's glorious. I I will post some pictures on our Facebook page so that you guys can can see Emmanuel. He's he's incredible. So I um spent whenever we weren't out at the villages that mission trip. Um, if we weren't at the villages, we were at the orphanage. I was in Emmanuel's room. I was with him. I was just, I was pretty much just watching him just like wherever he, 
Like if I could sense that he wanted to like walk somewhere, I would offer him my fingers and he would be able to walk, um, which was really cool. And then just like even he got to the point where like he would reach for me and I would like carry him and just like walk him around and just let him be able to interact with the other kids. And it's not that the mamas didn't want him to be able to do that before. It was just that they they could they, they could not care like carry like all these kids and do everything with them at all times because there were I think there were about 10 kids in that room at that time and there were a couple mamas on staff at each point um but yeah and Eamon Wells like main mama that was in there with him her name was Ana Maria and she is Mihramana oh my gosh she's she's amazing she that again the there's a huge language barrier i speak a little bit of spanish poquito but uh, and it got better like each trip that i went back but i just remember like she was so patient with me she would work with me on vocabulary she would she would work with me on showing me like certain ways to care for emanuel and to help her with the other kids like i would help with feedings and different stuff and just being in that room guys like it's just it was where i was meant to be and and the point of all this with Emmanuel, and I have so many stories I could share. Like one of my one one time we went out and danced in the rain together, and guys, it was the first time that I heard his an eruption of laughter coming out of his belly with the simplest thing. It was raining, and he was he was full of joy, and we were dancing and spinning, and like it was just us in this in this courtyard, and just that like. I was able to be his feet for him to be able to dance in the rain. Like that's the kind of stuff that God did for me and for Emmanuel. And it was both of our hearts. It was God. He, he passed, God ministered to me through Emmanuel's in ways that I cannot explain. But what, what I can say is that through Emmanuel, through, and not just Emmanuel, through Ana Maria, through, through girls that I got to meet in the villages, jostling Marcita, Oh, Margarita, um, there was, I'm, I'm dropping names, but I just, I want to say their names because they're precious to me and I just, I hope that's okay. <laughs> so yeah, Jocelyn, Anjelka, um, Margarita, and um, I guess those are all the names. <laughs> they, like these, these people, God showed me that he has given me, yes, I'm not a nurse. I'm not, I'm not officially a teacher and I don't, I don't, it's, I can get up and like, and speak and teach, but like, it's not my, it's not my favorite thing to do (laughs) but I do have this capacity to love and I I can see people that are hurting and I can hug them I can pray for them I can I can just sit with them and God showed me the power of love like and I I read about it in the Bible all my life but he showed me the power of our ability to love in Nicaragua and yeah the these people like they were he put a face to that he put dozens of faces to my ability to love and and I say my ability but it's not from me like I hope that's very clear like it is like Jesus he came to make people feel seen and loved and I connect with that part of his heart so deeply and like to this like now today as I reflect on that like that's part of my mission like my life mission my my mission statement if I would put it that way is I want to make people feel seen and make them feel loved that's that's the number one desire of my heart in my ministry and so, so, yeah, that's just a glimpse of Nicaragua. Um, I hope that, yeah, it wasn't too rambly. Um, and hopefully Kyle will give me some episodes to be able to share on more of it. <laughs> but, um, yeah, and then the last thing that I will share is that, and this will lead into the next episode, which you guys should definitely check out. It will be hilarious. Kyle and I are going to share our dating story, our love story, as he likes, to, as we like to say it. I say he. It, it is our love story. Um, but, Coming, um, so I went back to Nicaragua. Um, I went there a total of six times, but like, I'm trying to remember, I was dating Kyle during part of that. Oh dear. Okay, times are not important. But like, I d- before I met Kyle, I had a year where I felt like God told me, be single. Like, do not, you, like, do not date for a year and let me romance you. And, and that was an easy thing to say yes to because it, it truly was a very specific, like, um, I don't like using the word call. <laughs> it was a very specific desire put on my heart. And I, during that year, I did. I, I didn't date anyone. I wasn't even interested in dating. Like God kind of just removed that boy craziness, which I was very grateful for. And um, I was able to see every facet of God's love, not just God the Father, not just like Jesus's, like, Jesus's love for me, 
I got to see like he he romanced me. He showed me like his compassion in new ways. Just ev- I, every facet that that covers it. I could just say that. <laughs> and so that did that brought me up to meeting Kyle. I came into meeting Kyle um, from that place of having an amazing community, having these this country that. Um, that I called a second home, Nicaragua, and then having that year with the Lord, um, that brought me up to meeting my now husband. And so um, we did this with Kyle's testimony as well. But I, I want to finish with saying three, like there's so many things that I can pick out of my story and say, this was God, this was God. Um, and But I, there are some life themes that I've recognized in creating my testimony. So I guess I could have started with this and then you guys could have not had to listen to me for oh, 50 minutes, but um, super quick. My first life theme that I wrote down that God has shown me over and over again is that God created me to love details and I see that I get that from him. And he loves, like, like, there's been so many points, and especially in my love story with Kyle, which, again, you guys will hear that if you listen to the next episode. But there have been such moments where he just put his fingerprint, he put his details into my story to say, like, this was me. Like, it is unmistakable this was God and that he's paying that much attention to me. He's that detail-focused on me and my life that he took his time to do that. So that's one life theme, like, one thing I'm super grateful for in my story. The second thing is, is that... I've always had a yearning for more. And and where that brings me today, and I think I mentioned this at one point, is that I I am desperate at this point to know the reality of Jesus. And my parents laid that foundation, which I again I can't say it enough. I'm so grateful for that they that they put Jesus in front of me and that I was able to recognize my gift of faith, but there was always a desire for more. And that hasn't stopped. Like to this day, I just, I want more. I want more. I want more. I'm desperate for the reality of Jesus. And then the third thing, if I had to pick just one one more, (laughs) is that God is dedicated to growing me up and making sure that I know my identity in him. And yeah, I've especially seen his focus on that in our time living in Pennsylvania, which is where we live now. But yeah, God is dedicated to doing that for all of us. Like that's not just for me, guys. That's for you too. Like he he uses people, but it's him behind the people. And he is dedicated to if if you want it, even just a little bit, it's going to happen. If you want just a little bit of Jesus, like he will explode <laughs> in your life. And um he cares about all of us knowing our identity. He cares about us knowing why Jesus died for us. And so, yeah, that's that's my life so far, guys. <laughs> An extreme um, over overlook view uh, overview. Um, that's where I'm at. And I thank you for listening. If you've listened this far, thank you for just, you don't even realize the grace that you've had to show me in this process. Um, or not had to show me, but the, I have felt grace in this process. And I just thank you for, um, for listening to this podcast. And Kyle usually does this part. So we'll see if I do it right. Um, but yeah, if you guys want to leave comments, if you have questions, if you, if there's anything that I shared that you specifically want a resource, um, yeah, just let me know. I'm happy to um, respond to your comments and answer any other additional questions that you have. So thank you guys for listening to Cheddarcast. Definitely check out the next episode. I promise it will be very entertaining. Um, and yeah, we just, we love you guys. Thank you for walking through this journey with us. And I'm excited to see what the next 20 weeks hold. Thanks guys. Have a great day. Bye.